going to be reading the scripture. If you have your Bible, please turn to chapter 18 in Luke. And we're going to be reading from verse 1 through verse 8. When you have it, please say amen. And it reads, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, Yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Remain standing, let's pray. Dear God, we love you so much. We thank you for the privilege, Lord, of your word, listening to your word, listening to your Holy Spirit. I ask that you would take these lips of clay, uh, take my mind, take my heart, speak through me this wonderful life. Father, empower me by your spirit to speak your word with boldness, with clarity, and Father, with conviction of the Holy Spirit that will bring about results that will make us better kids for you. We welcome your presence, Holy Spirit. We thank you for what you're going to do in and through us today. We love you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. We've been in a series... Our series is entitled Breakthrough Prayer, and as I said earlier, I was really, really uh, touched by this week. The Lord spoke profoundly uh, to me in a number of ways, Uh, but not only that, I really uh, felt a sense of closeness to him that just reminded me of just how good he is and how easy it is at the same time to drift away. And we get back into the mundane routine of life. And I think sometimes what we fail to realize is that these moments that God gives us is really to set a pattern or set a pace for how we're going to move forward. So my prayer is that consecration week not just be something that we pack in the bag and just wait till next year but, but what did God show us? What did God uh, reveal to us? Not only the blessing and how he answered our prayers, but how is that week going to impact us going forward? That God want us to live a life whereby we are truly seeking him. Amen? And, and that seeking him is not just once a year, but that somehow we figure out a way to make sure that we are prioritizing him on a regular basis and that his presence, that we're becoming addicted to his presence and becoming addicted to his power and, and just, just, just loving the fact that we're his. And so consecration, consecration Week was really unique in that regard for me. And I think that one of the things that we battle against is that sometimes we are tempted to lose heart in prayer. Um, It's interesting, and we'll kind of go into this story of this woman and the unjust judge. But it's interesting that uh, as believers, Christians, we love God. We pray to God. And most of us, if I went and I said to you, do you believe God answers your prayers? And everybody in here would say, yeah, God, God answers prayer. And God has answered prayers. And, but I would be remiss if I didn't realize that, that there are those times in our walk with God that from the time that you pray to the time that you get the answer, sometimes there's a wide gap. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Some of you have been praying for things for a month, two months, 
for a year, two years, three, four, and five years. And the temptation sometimes is to wonder whether or not God has really heard me. Because if God heard me, I've been praying for this for six months. I've been praying for this for a couple of years. And, and you know, I still don't see things happening. I had often bragged about and I spoke with my sister this morning. And I had prayed for her for a number of years to give, that, that she would give her life to Christ. And she called me one Easter uh, Sunday morning and told me that she had gave her life to Christ. And that was after, after years of praying. And there are other stories I can give you how that I prayed for something. And, and even now, things that I prayed for 15 years ago are just starting to happen now. But what happens is, for all of us, is because we live in a microwave society, right? Everything is quick, fast, and in a hurry. Our, our, our technology is such. I mean, we don't get information. We don't have to wait. People don't wait anymore. I was laughing the other day because I was at the airport. I was amazed that they still have those payphones. You know, because I think, who still really use a payphone nowadays? You know, does anybody use payphones? But, you know, but information travels so much faster, right? And so, I mean, you get your emails on the run, you get the texts, you got your cell phones, you got your PDAs, you got, you got news on every place that you go. I mean, information is traveling. We want our food fast. I mean, they've become more sophisticated even in, in giving you fast food and some of the fast food that they give you. Some, some of these places, I mean, they can give you a four-course meal in no time. I mean, everything is moving really, really fast. And so we've come accustomed to that. The only problem with that is that God don't move at our speed. He never has, never will. He never changes. He doesn't. That, that shouldn't disappoint you. Uh, it's meant to be an encouragement to you. Because the Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Because any path that don't lead to God is ultimately not a good path. You know what I'm talking about. You say Amen. And so what God, what God comes to do is that, that he wants us to understand how he works. And, and the purpose of my message this morning is really to help you to understand that God heard your prayer. And that help is on the way. Now, I know you've been praying for that. For I don't know what you've been praying for. I can talk to everybody here. You've been probably praying for different things. But, but, but. But you got to know something, and we say this all the time, and I really want you to get it into your spirit. The Bible says, and I believe Second Peter, that a thousand years is as a day, and a day is as a thousand years. Isaiah 58 says that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so is his thoughts above our thoughts. God don't think like you think, right? He don't, he don't I mean, your speed and God's speed are two different things. God sees things from the perspective of eternity. See, and we don't have that view. We can't look at stuff and say, oh, wow. I mean, God already sees. I think Sister April said it this morning, and I believe in Daniel chapter 10, how it took some days that God had answered Daniel's prayer when Daniel prayed, but, but there was some fight, there was some stuff going on in the heavenlies, and there was a delay for the answer getting there. Now, you got to understand something, that God hears your prayers. Because the Bible says that he hears the prayers of the righteous. You are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Well, Pastor, I'm not. Yes, you are righteous because he made you righteous. Amen. He made you holy. He sanctified you. That's why he went through all of that on the cross, so he can present you faultless Amen. before his throne of grace. Amen. So you can't be faultless on your own. It's because of his blood. Amen. So the Bible says that he hears. So every time a child of God opens their mouth, and you're talking to your God that you need to recognize that God hears your prayers. And if there's, a, if there's a delay, which is not uncommon amongst the people of God, then that's okay too because I know God still heard and I know God got a plan. It's important that you understand the plan of God because even though God allows us to be co-laborers with him, right? He allows us to co-labor with him to pray you must understand that, that, that he is still God. He's going to never give that up. So you can pray and ask God for things, and God is going to answer your prayer. 
He may not do it the way you want, though. But he's going to come through for you. Somebody say amen. amen. So you didn't, yeah, you didn't look too excited about that. I said God is going to answer your prayer. Amen. But, but more than likely, oftentimes, I've been doing this for a long time. Almost every blessing that God has given me, he's answered my prayers. And I'm, I'm telling you, he's always answered. But in 99.99999% of the cases, it's always been contrary to what I thought and how I thought that he was going to come through for me. But he came through for me nonetheless. Because he says, you call, listen, he says, no, no, you pray. We get to pray to him and talk with him. Relationship. Prayer at its core is about relationship. Understand that. That's all prayer is about. Prayer is about relationship. You pray. And God says, okay, I'm going to do that. And what happened is we fix in our mind how we think it ought to be. How many of you have already figured it out? See, you've already figured out. You say, God, you prayed, and you say, God, do it like this. And, 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 God, and God ain't going to probably do it like that. The end result may be exactly what you want, but the process and how he got there will blow your mind. Because he's God. And how you know, as God, he can do decide how he does it. And uh, by the way, and because he's God, whatever he does for me is going to be for my good. Uh, how many know that God is good? And, and God got your best interest at heart. You're, I'm telling you, God knows, God knows you better than you know yourself. You don't know what's good for you. Do you? Answer me. You if, you, if you say yes, you don't, I, get, I got some oil. I'm about ready to, you know. I, I confess, I mean, the longer I live my life, the more I realize that I don't know. I mean, every time I tried to figure out how God was going to, I remember I prayed, God, we need a bigger house. God, we need more space. God, and, 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 and you know, and I remember praying that prayer, but I had in my mind, I, I, I said, okay, but I want this place right here. And so I went, this is my house in Jesus' name. This is my house. And I was boldly speaking in faith. My wife could tell you, I mean, this is our, and, and door shut, bam. I go to another, oh, this is my house. Door shut, bam. Oh, we supposed to live over, this is where we go, door shut, bam. I finally got to a point, I said, I give up. I don't care. I don't know. I have no clue. <laughs> and that's when God planted us right here in Stafford. And he gave us the house. I, wouldn't, I told him, when my wife first mentioned Stafford, I said, ain't nothing in Stafford. Why are we moving? It? Ain't, my church is in Herndon. It ain't in Stafford. God ain't doing nothing in Stafford. <laughs> I'm just, can I be real? I mean, at that now, you got to remember, we're talking like, 12, 13 years ago. Some of y'all don't know, but Stafford 12, 13 years ago, I mean, boonies. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Somebody know I'm talking about who's been here for a minute. I mean, boonies. And I'm like, ain't nothing in Stafford. And I remember, I just said, I ain't, you know. And, but you know what? And God can't, but here's the thing, though. My wife always wanted a porch and a fireplace. Those were the two things she had to have. God gave it to her. He gave her what, what we wanted, but the process and how he did it was completely different. But I got a house with more space. Now, I want to show you something. I'm going to show you a couple of verses to back that up. Amen? Amen. Now, I just went all over. I don't even know where I am right now, but that's okay, right? So y'all just be praying for me because I want to get this right. Now, now, now look at, um, look at uh, uh, if you will, um, I've got a couple of verses for you. I don't even want you to turn there. I just want you to understand that the early church was devoted to prayer. And I'm going to give you a few verses. I want you to read them in your spare time. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. I want you to hear this. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. That's Acts 1.14. Acts 2.42, I'm going somewhere with this. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. I want you to hear, this is the early church, right? And then in Colossians 4.2, it says they continue earnestly. Everybody say earnestly. 
in prayer, being vigilant. Everybody say vigilant. In it with thanksgiving. Now, understand something, that when you are devoted to something, everybody knows it, right? Because devoted is not just some casual thing that you just kind of, you know, you, how many know you know when people are not devoted to something? Because they're half-hearted at it. You know what I'm talking about. But when you really get devoted to something, man, you put all your energy into it. You put your time into it. And no matter what, you do it. See, the disciples in the early church, watch this, they were devoted. The Bible said that the early church was devoted to prayer. That means that they didn't care what was going on around them. They didn't care who were praying, who were not praying. They were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to it. And the reason why that's important, because you will have moments, that's why you struggle sometimes, because the devil don't want you to be devoted to prayer. He don't want you to be devoted. You see, some of the things we had happen this week, that can happen on somewhat of a regular basis if the people of God get devoted to prayer like they should. See, that, and the devil don't want you to get, every time we say prayer, we preach in the sermon on prayer, people say, oh, well, you know, you can see the flat tire. The tire just lose a little bit of air, and then I have to pump you back up. Because there's something, and I say that because it's a spiritual battle. It's, 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 it's a battle in the spirit because your most powerful weapon is prayer. If you got a brother, sister, son, daughter, aunt, cousin, whoever, and you want them to give their life to Jesus, the best thing you can do is not yell at them, not spit in their face, but to get on your knees and cry out to God. That's the best. And the devil knows that. He want to keep you off your knees. Don't pray. Get up in the morning. I mean, no, you have to struggle. I mean, you get up in the morning. I need my sleep. Can we be real? Amen. And you hop right on out the door. You drive in your car. And you might utter a couple words to God while you're trying to weave and duck all that traffic. You ain't focused. I'm preaching what I know. And, and, and the problem with that is, it's not that God is mad at us like, oh, God. I mean, God loves us. It's like God is saying, look, I, I got some answers for you today. You, you need to talk to me. You, you need to have some, because I know what's going to happen, how your day is going to unfold. So you need to take some time and talk. That's why we tell you better develop some disciplines in your life. Develop a time where you meet with God every day. Because, because if you don't, you meet with them whenever it's convenient and it ain't ever going to be convenient. Amen. It ain't ever. How I many of you have already witnessed that? You, you might go three, four days, don't even say one prayer. You might go the whole week, don't pray till we pray here on Sunday morning. And you didn't mean to. You just got, you got that busy. But they were devoted to prayer, which means that, man, I'm going to give my life to this. See, what we wanted, see, they understood that because if they were going to be a ministry that was going to, if they were going to really affect change, how many know that our nation needs change? Y'all seeing what's happening around us? Is your eyes like, you don't even have to be wide open. Is your eyes part open? I mean, it is crazy out there. And we got to pray, church, if we're going to really, I mean, it's the stuff that's coming out of the pike. I already told you, God, I'm speaking prophetically. It's coming down to the point that we're going to get squeezed. And you're going to have to make a decision who you're going to serve. Because they're going to call, your devil's going to call you out. He's already starting to call some of you out. But you shouldn't fear. But pray. So watch. So they were devoted to prayer. All right? So why were they so devoted to prayer? They were totally dependent on God for everything. How many say, that's me? They realized that God was their provider. Who's your provider? Do you really believe that? When you look at it on top of your pay stub, what do you see? I asked you a question. When you look on top of your pay stub, what do you see? You're scared to answer the question, aren't you? Because what you should see is what you just said. Thank you, God. He is your provider, not that company. Not who you work for. Understand that. Now watch. They were totally devoted to prayer because they needed to get the heart and the mind of God. You want to know what God is thinking about? You can't know what God is thinking about unless you're spending time talking to him. 
How do you know what God want to do in the earth if you never talk to him? Amen. How do you know if God want to speak to you to heal somebody if you never really spend time talking? How do you know what decision to do? How do you know where to go to school, who to marry, who to talk? How do you know where to go? How do you know any of that if you don't talk to him? How do you know what his will is if you don't have any time when you talk to him? You know, it's like my wife. I, 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 if I never talk to her, I, I don't know what she wants. So what prayer does is it get us, watch this. Prayer helps us to understand the mind of God, where God is and what he wants. Prayer helps us to make better decisions. How many of you want to make better decisions in your life? When you talk to God, it, he helps you make better decisions. I don't know one person who's a Christian who don't want to make a better decision. How many made some bad decisions? Amen. How many made some decisions you wish you could take? <laughs> but God got grace for you there too. <laughs> Just thank him for his grace because he covered your mistakes and your bad choices because you failed to pray and seek him like you should. You see, so, so let's go to this parable. So Jesus says, watch, Jesus says this. I want you to understand, this is, this is good, all right? He says, in verse number 8, in chapter 18, verse 1, then he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. All right? So I want you to hear that. Jesus, the premise of this particular parable is that Jesus wanted them to pray and never, ever give up. Now, he's implying some things, is he not? Here's what he's implying. Read between the lines. Sometimes prayer is hard. You ain't going to want to do it. Sometimes when you pray, it takes a while for you to see the manifestation of what you prayed for. And so the temptation is, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of praying. I'm, I'm tired. And, and so... Jesus says, now, I'm, I'm telling you this so that you will pray and never, ever quit. Don't faint. Don't faint. I mean, I mean, see, some of y'all servicemen in here, y'all know how it is sometimes when you're in boot camp or you're battling in the war, you know, you, you have to, you, let, you know, you let your, come on, you can make it. Don't faint. Come on. You're pulling me. Do what you got to do, but you got to keep moving. Jesus said, I want you to pray and never give up. Pray. Never, ever. That's the whole reason why he tells the parable. Now, I want you to hear that. Do y'all got that? The whole reason is pray and don't faint because you're going you're gonna to be tempted to do that. You're going to lose your breath sometimes. So he uses this story. He uses the story of a woman who goes to an unjust judge. Everybody say unjust. unjust. That means this is a judge. He don't fear God. He don't love God for all intents and purposes. He is a heathen. Heathen is somebody who just don't know God. That's what we're saying. So she goes and says to, to the judge, says, revenge me of my enemies. And, but the unjust judge didn't do anything. He just said, you know, the, you know he just said, that little one, I ain't got time for this. I ain't thinking about you. I ain't worried about you. And then suddenly, this woman was persistent. Everybody say persistent. She was persistent. In other words, she says, I'm going to keep coming. I ain't going to stop. And finally, and I'm paraphrasing, the unjust judge says, this girl, is, she's, she's wearing me out. I'm going to go ahead and move on her behalf. And he went ahead and granted her request. Now, let me, let me set the record straight on a couple things. This parable is not so much as to draw a comparison between God and the unjust judge. If, if you're thinking that's what this is about, it's, it's not about that. How many know God is holy? God is righteous. All right? He is not unjust. So there's no comparison. But the point of the parable is this. Look at this verse. I love this. Look at this verse. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust said, unjust judge said. This is verse number six. That's the point. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out 
day and night to him, though he bears long with them. So in other words, here's what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying, listen, if this guy who is unjust, who don't fear God, don't have a relationship with this judge, if this wicked judge knows what to do, how much more? Will your heavenly father come through for you who love him? How many of you love him? And you cry out to him day and night. He says, surely I'm going to come through. He didn't say, I might. He says, I'm coming through. Now, now, you got got to hold on to that. Just like he said in Matthew chapter 7. I think you have that verse you can put up there. Ask, you shall receive. Knock, the door will be opened. Seek, you will find, right? You will find. The door will be open. In other words, when you pray and you ask God, God is going to come through for you. Now, now, now Jesus asked a question at the end of it that boggles my mind. He says, now, when the Son of Man come back, whether he comes back physically or when he comes to, to help you. How many of you need help? He said, will he find faith on the earth? In other words, he's saying, am I going to find a people that believe me even though they looked at their circumstances, they did not yet see a change, but they were still in faith and they believed me through it all. Am I going to find that? You see, we said something earlier in Deuteronomy that wasn't really tied to this, but it's tied to this, but he says that he, 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 he tests us to do us good in the latter end. Are you believing God? Now, I want you to think, what have you been praying and asking God for? Have you stopped praying? Did you give up? Did you say, well, I've been praying for that. I ain't praying for that no more. Jesus said the parable. Remember he said this? He said the parable. That he said the parable so that men might understand that, that, that you ought to pray and never quit. Never quit. Because he's telling you. He's telling you, don't quit because I'm coming through for you. Amen. That's what he's telling you. Now, somebody look at the Galatians 6.9. I don't even think I gave you that verse, but Galatians 6.9. You get there? Say amen. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Everybody knows this verse, right? Now, I want to give you a little bit of insight with this verse. Is that okay? Amen. All right, watch. Now, watch. Oh, somebody say amen. amen. Come on, just clap your hands just one time. With okay, good. Just clap. Good. All right. See, that helped me help you. All right, now watch. Because I want you to get, because the temperature, is it hot in here? Okay, it's me. All right, look at this. He says now in, in, in verse number nine in Galatians six, everybody knows this verse. He says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Why? For in due season, everybody say due season. You will reap if you do not what? Now let that sink in just for a minute. Let us not be weary in doing good. How many of you say the things you've been praying for and asking God to do is a good thing? It's a good thing. All right? He says, don't be weary in doing good for in due season. See, see here's what you got to understand. You remember we said earlier that God don't think like you think, right? So when it says in due season, what he's saying there is that God has appointed a time. Yeah. Some of y'all get that. Some of y'all didn't. Yeah, I want y'all to get that. See, God has appointed a time where he has already fixed your breakthrough. Now, you ought to say amen nice and hearty. He said, because in due season, in other words, at the appointed time, I know when Jesus came, he, the Bible says he came in the fullness of time. Jesus did not come a day early, a second late. He came when he was supposed to come. In due season. So God has a season that he's already appointed that he's going to bless you, that he's going to come through. But, but he says something interesting there. He says, if you don't faint, because what happens is, here's the thing. Here's why he said this. Because if you faint, then you may not get it. 
Because you know when you faint, you give up. You know when you, when you give up, you're not, you're not right. And even if you pray, you ain't praying in faith. And then when you ain't really moving in faith, you're going at it half-heartedly. And when you start going at things half-heartedly, you get misplaced. And you're not where you're supposed to be. And when you're not where you're supposed to be, you will miss it because you got so discouraged along the way that you quit. You thought, well, God didn't hear me. Yeah, God heard you. God heard y'all along. God already said, look, God, remember what he said? Now, I want you to get this picture. God looks at the end and the beginning all at the same time. He's like, wow. How many of you play chess? Chess players got to be visionaries, don't they? How many know God is the ultimate visionary? And he already sees where he's going to move you, but he got to arrange some things in order to get you where he wants you to be. And, and you remember I said, don't get hung up on the process, because here's why we lose heart. Can we be honest about it? We lose heart because we pray specifically that God would do it specifically like this. And God don't do it specifically like that. So in your mind, you determine that, well, God ain't answer my prayer. No, it's just that God got a roundabout way of doing it because he got, it ain't just about you. <laughs> it ain't ever just. See, if you live your Christian life thinking that just me, myself, and I, then you are lost, you're blind. Everything God does, he has his purpose. And if I know he let me know. If, 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 if I'm praying and I'm believing God and I, and, and I say, Lord, I want you to save my brother, my sister, and I'm really praying that. How many know, don't you think that's a prayer God want to answer? Yes, Lord. I, I ain't, look, I'm going to keep on praying that. Now, in my mind, I might say, Lord, do it by this date. Because, you know, sometimes we get like that, don't we? Lord, the Lord, in, in a week, don't come through for me. In a week. And then what happened, it don't, it don't happen like that. And then you're like, oh. and, and you faint. He's saying, don't you faint. You be persistent. See, the invitation that he was telling this woman, he was inviting her and us. He's really inviting us. He said, you need to be persistent when you pray to your God. You need to keep running. Sometimes you come crying, right? Sometimes you come bloodied. But the invitation is be persistent. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep asking. God says, because you're part of this. But just understand that as sovereign God, he's going to work it. And, and, but when he comes through, you remember I gave you the testimony about my house? When he came through, it wasn't what I thought, but he came through. I'm glad I'm in my house. Hallelujah. God knew what was best for me because I'm talking to you today. Hallelujah. And you ought to say amen to that. I'm here today, but in my mind, I wasn't thinking about you. I'm being honest. I was thinking about myself. And one of the things that God always does, he gets you up off of yourself quick. Because God is, God is, see, you, I mean, you know, God is a good God. He gives good gifts. And so when God blessed, he blessed whole. God blesses whole. He don't bless half-heartedly. When God moves, God moves whole. That means he's going to make it right. He's not going to get you halfway. To, no, no. God, if, if, how many know if God just gave us everything we want, anytime we wanted it, just the way we wanted it? Man, we would be worse off. I mean, that's what we've been doing all our life anyway. And that's why we keep bumping in the ditch and, and making mistakes and and just messing stuff up. So what I understand is that I pray. I, I, this, is, this is how I used to pray. If I want God to move. See, if you're praying for a job, say, Lord, give me a job. Lord, I need, Lord, I need. Now, you can ask God for that job that you want. Okay to ask. But just know God may not give you the job you want. God may give you another job that will be better than the one that you wanted. Amen. Oh, God didn't get that. See, some of you been, see, that's how you, you see this in the, you see this job in the newspaper. I'm naming and claiming that. That's my job right there. God's going to give that to me right there. Now, how many know God says that he will meet your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus? Right? My God shall supply. You already said he's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. He's going to supply. So when you ask God for a job, God says, okay, you want a job? You want, you want to increase? I'm going to give you one. But it ain't going to be like you think. 
Or it could be you might strike it right. But if you don't, then just say, well, you know what? God must got something else he's doing here. God must got another way he's shooting at this thing. I just need to hold my ground. Hold it, you know, like they say in military terms. Right? What you say? Hold the ground. Hold. Uh, stand easy. Uh, stand your ground. Hallelujah. I just, <laughs> you know, help me, Lord. Uh, stand your ground. Because don't, that, that ain't a moment when you say, okay, God, God, okay, it's over. No, 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 God, stand your ground. Because God's going to do it. And, and, and he's saying, don't be persistent. Just keep, keep asking. Keep, and then what's going to happen? You're going to be like, wow. I, how many of you have had that experience? You prayed for this and God did that. But he gave you that. But he gave you that different than that. But he gave you that. Bad English, but I think you got it. Okay. Make sense? Are you encouraged? Now watch this. Now let's look at, uh, I'm going to give you, and then we got to get out here. I'm going to give you uh, seven reasons that we must keep praying, okay? Because this message is about staying inspired to pray. Because we just had an incredible week of God moving, right? So, so we don't want you to get to a point that you get to one of those dry spells and you quit on God. Because we've already laid the groundwork that God is going to answer you. And God does answer prayer, by the way, all the time. Yes, no, maybe, wait, but he answers. <laughs> God answers every time. Every single time. He answers your prayer. And if God ever told you no to something, don't get mad at How many ever been mad at God and not ashamed to say it? I've been mad at God sometimes. I mean, I've been, like, upset. I sure have been, you know, pray for stuff to happen, stuff to happen. Man, you know, God, you know. But, you know, I know, I, real, I come to realize that he knows a whole lot more than I know. Yes. And if, if I spend more time trying to get his mind, see, here's the problem. Sometimes we're scared because, because God always, you know, a lot of times he's going to ask us to do stuff that we don't necessarily want to do. So that's why God don't tell you. That's why he said just to live by faith. He don't want you to know nothing. Because you knew it. You just jump all up in there and mess it up. So he don't tell you nothing. He said, you just trust me. <laughs> all right number one seven reasons why we must keep praying well how about this God commanded us so is that good enough if God tell you to do something you might want to do it you might number two when we don't quit we'll get the blessing we talked about that in Galatians 6 9 right here's the third point it's because our answers, answers to our prayers, I guarantee God's going to answer our prayers. This is why we want to keep praying. As we said about, we talked about Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Look at this. Another reason why we want to keep praying is so that you won't fail. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 26 real quick. Go there. I say 26. Matthew chapter 26, verse, now I'm going to start in a couple of verses early. Come on, run there real quick with me, amen? I got a couple minutes, is that okay? All right, all right. Brother said, preach on. That's a dangerous thing to say to a preacher. I don't want to say that to a preacher, preach on. All right, look at this, now watch. So I'm going to start in verse 36, right? Did you there say amen? Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go yonder and what? And he took with him Peter and the sons of Zebedee. Now these are two ones that said, Lord, we want to sit on your right hand and on your left. You know, you got to be careful what you ask for. Because they were on fire earlier. God, we, go, we want to be on your right. We want to, yeah, yeah, here we go. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. I mean, no, Jesus, this was a difficult time for him. And then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and he prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples. Now, how many know when you're in the battle, you, know, you, you want to know that you got some folks in there with you, right? People that you rely on, you depend on. You know what I'm saying? Come on, men, soldiers, you know what I'm talking about. You're in the battle. You, wanna, you, wanna, you got your posse. You want to make it, you know, you got your posse with you. And I write, Lori, 
If you're going in, if you're going in a house, if you're going to go get the bad guy, you want to look back there and say, I got, got some folk with me. You know, Jesus felt the same way. Look what he says here. Then he came to his disciples and found them what? Jesus was, the Bible said he was, he was distressed. He was in deep agony. And he says, now watch what he says, look, look what he says to them. He says, in that last part of verse 4, he says, what? Could you not watch with me for an hour? Could, could you just give me one hour of bread? Could you, I mean, I'm, could you not one hour? That's could, why are you sleeping? Because see, they, they, they didn't realize what they were coming up against. Because see, they weren't in the spirit. They weren't praying like they should have been praying. They were sleeping. You know, a lot of times we're not praying the way we should be praying. We're asleep. Not just physically, but also spiritually. Amen. We're asleep. In the spirit, we're just asleep. And he says, what could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and what? Pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the what? The flesh is weak. But Jesus was giving some insight there, right? He was saying to them, if you want to overcome what you're about to deal with, you need to be praying like me because your spirit is right. I mean, the disciples, they, they really wanted what was best. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of us. We really want what's best. Can I, can I say this? And I'll be honest with you. Look, can you be honest? Amen. If you're struggling, you keep getting beat up in your life, here's what you need to ask yourself. How's my prayer life? What kind of prayer life do you have? He says, because your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And how many know, when the pressure came, all those guys, including Peter, who said, Lord, I will never forsake you. Lord, I got your back. I will be there with you. They were sincere when they said it. They were sincere. Don't think they weren't sincere. Just like you are sincere. A lot of times you come up here to pray, you are sincere, aren't you? You're really sincere. But then you go right back and voila. Jesus says, watch and pray. I wonder what would have happened if the disciples would have been praying like they should have been praying. Peter, you remember Peter said, Lord, I'll never deny you. I, I will, I, Jesus said, you want, you want, you, you want this? He, he, Peter, he says, uh, you're going to deny me three times. Jesus spoke prophetically to him, said, you're going to deny me. Peter, no, Lord. Now, you know, Lord speak prophetically and tell you something, just, just say, you're right, Lord. <laughs> Peter, no, Lord, no, Lord, I, I will die with you. Peter, Peter, I know your prayer life, Peter. I know how you are, Peter. You don't understand. You see, we got to fast and pray, and we got to fast and pray, pray and fast, and we got to pray because it helps us to overcome the flesh. That's why you got to pray. So that you, the reason why you fly off the handle all the time, you can't control your temper, you need to pray more. Pray more. Because your spirit is willing, but your flesh is bad to the bone. Literally. Somebody say, ouch. ouch. I, another reason why you want to keep praying is, watch this. You are able to defeat or keep Satan at bay. Oh, boy. See, I'm giving you a reason why you want to keep praying. I mean, no, Satan is, a, the Bible says, 1 Peter 5, 8, that the, the devil is like a roaring lion, seeking. I mean, I want you to see this picture. The devil is always in the, I love lions, though. I, I, I confess that. I mean, I love lions because I like, you know, the lion of the tribe of Judah. You know, I, you know the king. I love it. That's, that's my boy I love. But you know when, you ever watch them uh, National Geographic channels? And you ever see how those jokers, man, they, 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 I mean, they cup down, they'll wait, man. They'll wait till that one little person is like out of bounds. And they're always lurking for food. The devil is always lurking for the weak one. 
He always looking for the one who ain't praying. The one who ain't really seeking God. The one who's in it half-heartedly. The one who's asleep spiritually. He's always lurking. Seeking somebody that he can devour. And it's amazing because people always say to me, man, the Lord just led me. Led you to do what? If you ain't talking to him, praying and spending time with him, what did he lead you to do? And the enemy, how many know the enemy comes to destroy your life and to eat you up and spit you out and get you all outside of the will of God quick? I mean, this is a dangerous thing we're fighting. This ain't, this is not play stuff. This is your life. The devil is playing for your life. He's praying for your life. He's praying. Now, now look, look real, real quick. Look at Ephesians chapter uh, 6. You only got seven of these. What, what number are we at? Five? We have five right now, right? Okay. You, you all know that in Ephesians chapter number 6, that it talks about the, the, the spiritual armor, right? The helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. And in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, I, I don't have time to read it, but... But I want you to see something that God showed me. So in Ephesians chapter 6, he talked about in verse number 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of this darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. How do you know, boy, the, the devil's all over the place. He's all up in the air. He's all up in the politics. He's all up in the, and he's all up in the church. Don't tell me because I deal with them a lot. I'm just being honest. Not you all. But I deal with how the devil tried to influence the people of God all the time. I'm just being honest. Amen? Now watch this. I want you to see what he did though. So he talks about this, this warfare that we're all experiencing. And then he actually talks about how the, you know, how do we need to stand firm and all that. But look at verse number 18. He said, praying, praying, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Do you see what he's doing there? He is linking spiritual warfare with praying in the spirit. Praying. Praying. And the more intense the battle, the more intense you and I need to pray. That's what he's saying. He's, you're, wrestling, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We, we need to be praying. And so when we say, guys, let's pray, let's pray. If the Holy Spirit tell you, the Holy Spirit might prompt you to pray right where you, I mean, sometimes, I mean, no, God, God speaks. I mean, there have been times when I've been just at work and God, I'll get up and walk out and God tell me just go and pray. Pray because you are wrestling against something that's bigger than you. You need God's help. We need God's help because the devil is dirty. He don't like you. He hates your guts. You got to understand that. So we want to pray because we're able to keep Satan at bay. Number six, we make things happen when we pray. Things happen. Things. How many believe things happen? The Bible says the prayers of the righteous man availeth what? I'm glad he said availeth much. Aren't you? He didn't say the prayers of a righteous man availeth a little bit. I believe that's James chapter 5, 16, right? He said, the prayers of the righteous availeth a whole lot. So then, hey, I'm like, if the prayers of the righteous availeth a whole lot, I need to be praying a whole lot. Because the prayers of the righteous availeth a whole lot. Amen. Do you believe we talked about 2 Chronicles chapter 20 the other day, and we talked about how Jehoshaphat got together, and they prayed their nation was under siege, and those people prayed, and God moved. Over and over again, you look in the Bible. The people of God prayed, and God moved. The people of God prayed, and God moved. The woman that had an issue of blood pressing into Jesus, she was believing, she prayed within herself, if I could just touch him, I'll be made whole. When people pray, God moves. You want to pray because God moves. When you pray. That's our, that's our inheritance. Lastly, when we, we want to keep praying because we stay spiritually fit. Amen? Amen. That means you won't get side punched by the enemy. You know, one of the things that, how many of you used to watch, I don't watch it like I used to, but I used to, back in the day, I used to love watching uh, boxing. Back in the day. 
Anybody like boxing? No? And, uh, and I used to love Muhammad Ali, you know. And, uh, and I remember, you know, he was about to fight George Foreman. And he was talking, he was talking about, and he was highlighting how, he said, he said this, this is one of his interviews, Muhammad Ali said, George Foreman, George Foreman, no, Muhammad Ali used to talk. George Foreman, he just a dirty fighter, he dirty. And you know the man one, the man was 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 hit and he was almost falling down and George just came from behind and just hit him in the head. And they actually showed the picture of the guy head turning. He was like falling and George Foreman came in right from behind. Bam! <laughs> Put him down. You see, when you are spiritually fit, you see things that you normally wouldn't see. God shows you things way before it happens. The Bible says in Proverbs that the righteous man foresees the evil. Why did he foresee the evil? Because God shows it to him. Because you're spiritually in, you're fit. And God will show you stuff before it even happened. Most of, I'm going to tell you, a lot of things that happen in my life. God, I'm going through something on my job right now. And God showed it to me a long, long time before it even happened. God will show you and prepare you for what is to come. So that you won't act in the flesh like everybody else do who don't know no better. So what do we say? The seven reasons why we want to keep praying. Number one, say it. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. Number six. Number seven. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father, we do thank you, Lord, this morning. We are inspired to keep praying, Lord. We are inspired this morning. We see that the enemy is trying to work, but we see that you are greater and we see that you are stronger. And God, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us this gift of prayer that we can talk with you about our issues. And that not only we can talk with you, but God, you hear us and you move on our behalf. This is amazing. And so, Lord, I pray that our passion for prayer will continue to increase more and more and more and more as you work in our lives. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, none of this really wouldn't matter to you a whole bunch. Because you need to start right there. We do what we do because we want people to experience this wonderful life, Jesus. He came to die and to give his life so that you and I can have relationship, so that we can pray to him and get help in time of need. Because he is faithful. And he loves you with an everlasting love. If you say, Pastor Bailey, I'm here this morning. I don't even know what all this stuff is about, but I know I need to get my, right, my life right with God. And you know in your heart, you know what? The Holy Spirit been talking to you, and you know in your heart, you know, I need to get right. I need to get saved. I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to go in a whole different direction, and you know it. Don't even think about it. Just lift your hand up. The Bible says, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Here's another one. I see that one hand. Is there another one? That you know you need to give your life and give yourself completely and totally to God. That you've been playing church or you've been, you have a religious understanding, but you really have not surrendered your life to Jesus. Is there one today that will say, Pastor, I, I, I need to give my life to him and, and, and I need to do this right now. Is, is, there, is there another who would say that? Brother, I'm going to ask the brother to raise his hand and come up here for a moment. You know, you already raised your hand. Come on up for a moment. I want the saints to just keep your head bowed. I want you to keep praying, please. Just keep praying. I don't want nobody to look up. Just keep praying.
somebody. This brother just told me that he is ready to go in with both feet. He says he's been halfway in, but he's ready to go all the way in. He said he's ready to go in with both feet. Amen? Because he said in his word that if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. And you can't get right with God until you decide to go all the way. He's never going to, it's not pieces we give to him. You got to give him everything. And I asked him, I said, brother, why are you up here? He said, because I'm ready to go all the way in. The Holy Spirit working in his life. Amen. Lift your hands, brother. Saints, let's stretch your hands toward us. I want you to repeat after me, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I come to you today. I come to you today. And I confess. And I confess. That I haven't jumped in. And I haven't jumped in. With both feet. With both feet. I've been playing with this. I've been playing with this. Not as serious. Not as serious. As I should be. As I should be. But today. But today. I'm going. I'm going. All the way in. All the way in. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Once. Once. And for all. Once for all. Save me. Save me. Redeem me. Redeem me. Remake me. Remake me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me your own. Make me your own. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. The full distance. The full distance. I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm your son. I'm your son. Use me. Use me. Fill me. Fill me. With your Holy Spirit. With your Holy Spirit. I thank you. I thank you. For salvation. For salvation. Now, Lord. Now, Lord. I will walk. I will walk. Worthy. Worthy. Of my calling. Of my calling. I will be an example. I will be an example. To my son. To my son. To my daughter. I'll be an example, be example to, my wife. to my wife. I'm turning, I'm turning all the way, all the way to, you. to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God a praise for that. He's working with you, boy. Just spend a little time with them, please. Amen. Can I get another brother? Can I get you to spend a little time? Just go out and back, just pray with them a little bit, talk with them. Come on, give God another hand. Now, let, let me tell you why that's why that's powerful and real. Because only the Holy Spirit could have did that. That's one of the first time anybody ever told me that. I mean, I've had people that, you know, I mean, he's been coming and God's been working. And he just said, that's how I many know that's bold. He just said, I ain't been, I, I was playing with it. I went in all the way. Ain't nothing gonna happen until you just they, they happy right there. Ain't that hallelujah? But you know, we gotta be serious about this thing, people. If you want God to change your life, give give all your life to him. Because you're just wasting your time. You're spinning your tires. But thanks be to God that he gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how many know this is the perfect time to take communion, right? God is good. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to take a moment and just rededicate our hearts to the Lord today. Take a moment and search your hearts. Communion is for those who have given their life to Jesus and is serving him. Communion, we recognize the sacredness and the holiness of the moment. We proclaim his death until he comes back. We believe that in partaking of the communion, there's a fresh anointing, a fresh grace that come over all of our lives. This is holy, amen? This is holy. This is a holy and a sacred moment. And we want to recognize it as such. Take a moment and examine your hearts before you take communion. And if there's any sin in your heart, get it right before you take communion. The Bible says that there were many who died because they didn't realize that the moment was filled with the presence of God. Take a moment. Confess your sin to God. If anybody in here that you need to get right with, if you're not right in heart, just do it. I mean, this is what God wants us to be honest with each other and be honest with him. That's what communion is all about. So let's take a moment.
search our hearts this morning. still need more time to pray, then you can continue to do that. But we're going to do this uh, three sections. We're going to have this section go first, come to the table and serve yourself, return to your seat. And then we'll have it followed by the midsection, then by the section over to my furthest right. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given things, he broke it, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken, bruised, beaten for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Shall we eat together? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood in other words God made a promise he made a promise to you that he's coming back for you he made a promise that he will love you forever and he has prepared a place for you he spilled his blood. This was spilled for you. This is his covenant, a reminder of his promise. He's not a man that he should hide. He says, this is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Remember him. Remember the sacrifice. Remember the grace. Remember the love. And you go do likewise. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes back. Father, we do thank you. You're holy. You're righteous. You're pure. You're sanctified. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. 
that you spilled your blood for us. And we remember that sacrifice by covenant with you afresh to lay down our life on a daily basis that we might show our affection and our appreciation for the great love that you've shown to us. Father, we do this in remembrance of you and the sacrifice you made for us. And before we take one sip of this cup, we first say thank you. These words, those two words seem so insufficient. But with everything we have in us, and as best we can, we say thank you. In Jesus' name, let us drink together. Pass those cups over to your right or to your left, wherever the ushers are to collect. God is good, amen. Come on, why don't we uh, give God a praise if you can, even with your cup in hand. <laughs>